0: This is your coffee break. Hi, friends. I am back again this week with yet another amazing guest. I am so excited to introduce you to Fazia Burke, who is just an amazing person. Um, When she first got in touch with me, I did not know how amazing she was. And then I did a little bit of research. So um, Fazia is the founder and president of FSB Associates, which is one of the first firms to specialize in digital branding and online publicity specifically for books. So She's been doing this since 1995, and since then, she's launched more than 2,000 online book publicity campaigns for authors whose names I think you would recognize, including Alan Alda, Sue Grafton, Brian Tracy, Deepak Chopra, and a whole lot more. Welcome. I am so excited to have you.
1: Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. You are so kind, and I appreciate that introduction very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. (laughs) So I guess first and foremost... I'm I'm just interested to hear your story and how you got into specifically digitally marketing books.
1: Yeah, I would love to tell you that story. It's such an uh when you said 1995, it seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh our my company just celebrated our 21st birthday. Uh, which means my staff says that it means we can drink at work now. So <laughs> I don't know if that's official rule or not, but it seemed like a good idea.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. That's <laughs> incredible.
1: It is pretty fun. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so I started my career in, um, you know, what most English majors do when they graduate college is find a low-paying job in book publishing. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes.
1: So I honored that career, that that path, and uh, you know, found a job in book publishing, and and then I moved around. You know, had different positions in marketing uh, departments in book publishing. I was working at uh, John Wiley, and then I worked at Henry Holt. And uh, when I was at Holt, I was I had a colleague of mine who one day called me over and said he wanted to show me something on his screen, and he showed me the internet for the first time. And I know that whole experience of what it was like, and You know, I walked over to his desk and he had a document. It looked like a document on his screen and there was a word underlined and he said, click that. And that was a time when we didn't know we clicked underlined things. And I just thought, that's so bizarre. And I clicked it and we went to a French speaking site. It was all in French. And I just thought that was the most magical experience (laughs) of my life. And I just told him, I said, what just happened? And he was like, yeah, that's the web. (laughs) And that was sort of my love affair with the web. You know, it started with that one click. I absolutely fell in love with the idea of, of this connectivity and, you know, talking to people from everywhere in every direction. And it was just really fascinating for me. But I was working in a very traditional uh, company, doing a very, you know, marketing books in a very traditional way. And there wasn't really a whole lot of time, extra time to just be experimenting online, which is really all I needed to do because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So I just, I, I really, I was so fascinated by it. I mean, it seemed like for the first time I could talk to people, you know, in marketing, we weren't able to talk to people before then. We talked to what I call gatekeepers, you know, mm. the producers or the bookstore buyer or, you know, someone who basically connected with the consumers, but it wasn't us. And so the fact that I could talk and touch consumers was just incredibly exciting for me. So I took a huge, crazy leap of faith and decided to quit my job at Henry Holt, which I, a company I absolutely loved, in fact, still love, a boss I absolutely loved, and um, decided I wanted to try whatever this thing was. And, uh, I was really lucky. Holt actually hired me as a consultant before Mm. I left the company, yes, Um, which was a good start to a company (laughs) without having any plan. And the first book that I ever promoted was a bilingual children's nursery book, (laughs) and I did that one for free because um, I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, okay, just give me the books and let me see if I can make this work. And it was that was how it all kind of grew. And, you know, at that time online, the people who have been there from the beginning know what a collaborative, exciting, fun time it was. Everybody was talking to each other. We were all exchanging information. We were, you know, sharing resources. It was the most incredible, incredible time of my career to just be discovering and experiencing things and making mistakes and apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of how the company began, its humble beginnings. And then from then on, I just, you know, we got lucky with one project and then another project and then another project and we started hiring people. I made uh, an offer to my husband that he couldn't refuse, so he quit his publishing job and joined me. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been an amazing journey. And then one time I just thought, you know, websites were such a cool thing and authors didn't have them. And, um, I remember I was in a meeting, uh, we were discussing how to promote Sue Grafton and I just sat there in this meeting and said, oh, we should do a website for her. No one had a website. No authors had a website then. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the publisher looked at me and he said, thought about it for a second and said, okay, you do that. And the meeting kept going on. And I was sitting in that chair going, no, not me. Like, I don't know how to do this. Like <laughs> no. <laughs> I just came up with the idea. See? That's all it is. So it was really incredible to get a project without really knowing how to do the project. Right. And I went home and I told my husband and he was like, I think we can figure it out. So we did. We figured out how to do a website, launched Sue Grafton's website, which is quite the coup for a small company to launch their the website career basically with a New York Times number one best-selling
0: author. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we just did the revision to her site for the fourth time. In um, So it was really, really great. And uh, at that time, the New York Times actually covered the idea that authors now have websites with her website. So there was a story in the New York Times about Sue Grafton's website as things authors do now. Wow. So that's my little uh, background history, but along the way, I've just had a tremendous amount of luck and lots of people trusting me with their very important books. So it, it has helped me a lot and I've grown from there. But those were the humble humble beginnings of me going, no, 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 I don't know how to do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that though. I love that even though you felt that I have no idea what I'm doing, I don't know how to make a website. I love that you decided to do it anyway. That is beautiful. Oh.
1: It's crazy and it's beautiful, yes. And I tell people all the time to just take chances because, you know, you never know where things are going to lead. You never really know. So, yeah, it was fun to experiment <laughs> and learn. Thankfully, I didn't make two major mistakes, so that was good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. I I, I latched onto something that you said a little bit earlier about the the initial days of the web being very collaborative. Do you do you feel like it's changed? Like it's not like that anymore, or can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it is in some ways, um, but I think, you know, there's a there's obviously, you know, lots of studies about the impact of internet and the impact of social media and, you know, how lots of authors complaining about how social media distracts them from writing. and And so I think all those things are valid now that we're, you know, 20 some years into our web life, Mm -hmm. but at that time it was completely new, you know, so none of us had any of that angst. Mm -hmm. It was all optimism. It was hundred percent optimism. You know, now I feel like it's a lot of optimism, but there's a lot of, you know, angst about it. And there's a lot of, you know, good research that's been done about the impact all of this is having on us and our kids. And, and it's all valid. And I'm totally all about, uh, you know, knowing all of those things. But at that time, You know, so we were just (laughs) happy and joyful about this experience and about the interaction. And there wasn't any kind of hesitation about is this the right thing or not. We were just talking to each other for the first time across state lines and across country lines and across media and across subject categories. You know, everybody was just... You trying to learn, we were trying to learn and absorb absorb as much as possible as quickly as possible, and it's it was one hundred percent optimism, yeah, it was really a wonderful time.
0: I hope that things can become like that again i don 't know what would bring about that, but my gosh what a what an awesome legacy to have in front of your company
1: It's fun to have it, but you know what I will tell you is there is a little bit of that in the self publishing market hmm. you know that whole idea of optimism, of joy, of just getting things done, of not waiting for permission. So I'm, I am see that in that community more than anywhere, anywhere else.
0: That's so interesting that you say that. I was going to ask, so, so with the book marketing that you do, do you do largely still traditional publishing? And what are your thoughts on self-publishing?
1: Well, I come, you know, I really came out of the New York book publishing culture, you know, that's where I sort of grew up. That's where my career started. That's where all my friends are. So I was really, I feel a little bit in that publishing bubble that people talk about. Mm -hmm. And then two years ago, I moved out of the East Coast, and now I'm living in San Diego. And being outside of the New York book publishing really has allowed me to look at what's happening in publishing. Uh, And it's been an eye-opening experience it really has and then my book came out in April and so I've been meeting a lot of uh writers and I've been going to a write writing conferences and things like that so I have a very and I want to keep hold on to that because it's right now it feels very new to me you know I feel mm-hmm. very much like I'm new to this to this business and I can see it from sort of a fresh eyes you know like beginner's eyes and mm-hmm. So I feel like when I see uh, what's happening in self-publishing, just a lot of excitement. You know, lots of uh, people uh, making choices and moving forward and not waiting on, you know, for an agent or a publisher or just permission even. You know, they're just moving forward. So I think there's a lot of empowerment in that. And I think that's really been interesting to see, you know, these this really amazing authors smart my gosh they're so (laughs) smart so savvy really really phenomenal people I've met uh, since then so it's been really a very new experience for me and it's been really wonderful Um, and I think you know there's plenty of room for everyone there is obviously my love which is the traditional publishing model and how people do things and you know, those authors and those editors and those publishers. But then there's also, I think, lots of room for all of this experimentation and creativity and and joy. And, you know, I think there's room for everyone. And I've I've just been really excited to see what people can do.
0: I love that worldview, that there's room for everyone. That is, I think, oh my gosh, that's something that's not said enough. And I love that you focus on the joy and excitement. That's just You're just great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But have you noticed that? Have you seen how joyful (laughs) this whole, I mean, people are just so excited about doing things and experimenting. And um, I think the idea that they can have so much control over even pricing from Mm. week to week to changing the cover to changing the, you know, ending and uploading the book again because it wasn't working. That kind of flexibility, I just feel like it's very exciting and almost reminds me of those early web days, for sure.
0: You mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, you've been going to different conferences and doing interviews because you wrote a book. I would love yes. to hear all about it. I have a copy right here. It is called Online Marketing for Busy Authors, A Step-by-Step Guide. Tell yeah. us all about it.
1: It's a book that's been in my head for 20 20- you know, 10 years because I've been (laughs) talking about the same things over and over again. I feel like a lot of people have questions that, you know, um, I can only answer one at a time for the people I'm working with. But this is really about, it is a very much a a step-by-step guide. You know, I think a lot of authors still, especially in their 40s, 50s, 60s, find the whole web marketing aspect very overwhelming. You know, I meet women and men who are early on in their career, you know, who grew up with the web in their 20s and 30s, and they are like amazing at it, right? This is their digital natives, they mm-hmm. get it. But then there are people who really didn't grow up with this kind of work. You know, they didn't. They don't feel comfortable on social media. They're, they don't like talking about themselves all the time. You know, they're not taking selfies of them on a daily basis, right? Yeah. We know that. So I really wrote the book for them. You know, a book that wasn't full of jargon, respected their intelligence, understood that they don't want to be marketers. You know, not everybody wants to read a 300-page book on uh, marketing. They mm-hmm. they want to do as much marketing as is, <laughs> is at least possible <laughs> uh, <laughs> to make sure that they're covered. But it's not something that is their joy like mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I wrote something that would help them step by step through the different phases of marketing. You know, The first phase is really getting organized and making sure that you know the goals of the marketing that you wanna do, you understand your readers. A lot of people don't get that. You understand why you're doing and what you're doing. You know, It really is an experience. I don't wanna to lecture to people. I wanna take them on a journey and say, you can do this, it's gonna be fun, you can do it on your own terms. You don't have to feel overwhelmed and feel like I'm not Disney or I'm not Coca-Cola, I'm not a brand. You can figure this out. And I wrote it as if I'm sitting right next to someone and walking them through it. So uh, it's very conversational. First phase is really about getting organized and understanding your own goals and dreams and you know what you need to do. And then the second phase is actually doing the work and mm-hmm. p- setting a priority list. So I'm not telling you you have to do every new cool gadget that's out there, Uh, You really need to make sure that your marketing matches your audience, Uh, you know, what the demographic is for your novels or your nonfiction. And then what's the demographic of a social platform and make sure that they match. I tell them the benefits of the things that everybody tells them they should be doing. You know, a lot of times uh, people will tell me my agent told me go blog or my best friend's neighbor said I need to do this. And, you know, (laughs) there's so much information that people get from so many different sources. So I just wanted to lay it out and give them why something is important, whether they need to do it or not. And then the last phase is really how to keep the momentum and not feel like you're burning out, you know, Mm -hmm. how to keep, how to promote books without feeling promotional, how to take the ick factor out, you know, of, of trying to promote yourself all the time. So that's sort of how it's laid out. I'm so happy the publisher that uh, chose me, Barrett Kohler, it's been a client of mine for many, many years. I absolutely love them and they have a really unique and wonderful publishing program. Uh, And I'm just, I'm grateful to have been chosen by them to be their author. I really—they have a wonderful network of authors, and they have very humane practices. <laughs> and, um, you know, when they sent me my contract, I mean, they are a traditional publisher, but they are doing a lot of innovative things that I think are different than any other traditional publisher, in my opinion. They sent me the con- when I got my contract, it's three pages written in, in like plain English, oh, cool. and <laughs> I know so so <laughs> odd. And I had a friend of mine who's an agent. I said, this looks really simple. Am I missing something? And I sent it to her and she wrote back. She goes, where's the rest of it? I said, this is it. This is all they sent me. (laughs) So there was a lot of terms in it that are very author friendly. And so I was really excited to to have that support and to uh, be working with them. And that's sort of how it came about. You know, they asked me to write this book and it was already half in my head because I've been answering the same questions. <laughs> and uh, it was a pleasure to put it down on paper. And, you know, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's really turned out well, and people seem to be responding well to it. So,
0: wonderful. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It's a beautiful book, and I think it's going to help a lot of people.
1: Well, I hope so. That's the Gail plan. Now I can, at least if they call me, I can say, okay, I have something you can do for 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we can talk. Yes.
1: So.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I'm I'm curious. So is this the first book that you've written? Yes, ever. And
1: actually, I was listening to a couple of your rad- interviews, and we were ta- when you were talking about the capital W writer and the lowercase w writer. Yeah. And because I never thought I was a writer, I've always had a very strong identity as a publicist and a marketer. I was at a at a gathering uh, one day, and uh, someone just said, I said something about, oh my, I was talking about going to a writer's conference and they said, oh, are you a writer? And I said, no, I'm a publicist. And then I thought, well, I have a book coming out. So I guess I'm a writer. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) So I totally got that. And I was like, no, wait, I am a writer. Yes. Yes. I, yes, I, yes, I'm a writer. (laughs) Yay. I'm so glad. (laughs) But it was so funny that it's still, because it's my first book and I always feel like it's not you know, writers are people who are writing like great American novels, you know, who are like Mm -hmm. writing amazing, you know, fiction or nonfiction and like writing big books, like important books. And mine is like a manual, you know, it's just to help people. And it's like a self-help book. And I felt like, you know, that's, that's not what they mean when they mean writer. But then I was listening to your podcast and I was like, I'm totally a writer. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. I mean, and,
0: and it's going to help people. I mean, I think that that's one of the, the wonderful things about books and literature is that, you know, whether it's Moby Dick, or whether it's online marketing for busy authors, you know, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. there's, there's <laughs> value in both. There,
1: yes, there is. But imagine having that line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two books together in one sentence.
0: <laughs> oh. but,
1: you know, as an English major, you know, I have so much respect for literary tradition. And, uh, you know, I'm just so proud of being part of that, uh, part of the industry, but also now being part of the writing community. I'm really proud of that.
0: Excellent. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And I and I love that you're embracing your writerhood. <laughs> yes, getting there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, you, you do a lot of work, you do a lot of things. Um, you're very busy. How did you oh, yeah. find time to write this book?
1: My God. Well, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> I think, you know, th- thankfully, I had written a lot of it, you know, as people would ask me a question, sometimes like, you know, I'd write these long email answers for something or so I had bones of it. And mm. so once I set the time and the schedule, it sort of flew pretty easily. But it's a lot of time I have so much I mean, the really the title of busy author is not just for myself, but for every author I work with, you know, has a job, has a family, they're doing a million things, they're volunteering, they have their parents to take care of. And then, oh, by the way, they're also writing a book. And then once they finish writing a book, someone tells them the difficult task is still ahead of promoting it. Yes. You know, it's so hard. So that's kind of why I, we picked the title, um, Online Marketing for Busy Authors, because it's really about, you know, how to leverage the time that you do have, recognizing that you don't have eight hours a day to promote your book. So how do you make the time that you do spend as effectively and efficiently as possible Is was my goal.
0: So so how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, or should we just buy uh, your book and find out? Yeah,
1: exactly, do that. Well, no, I mean, I think there's a way that you can do things that match your readers. That's mm. the key. You know, the really important thing, and, and there's, as I said, a worksheet that says, know your readers Because that's so important because if someone's telling you, you know, Periscope is very cool and you should be broadcasting yourself, but none of your readers are on Periscope, then it's a wasted effort, right? That's not effective or efficient. Yes. Um, If you look at how popular Instagram is and then you think about, okay, is that my audience? You know, are people on Instagram going to buy my book or will recommend my book? Are people on Facebook the people who are going to recommend my book and read my book? Are they on Twitter? Where are they? I think that's really important. And you can do, I have a few different ways that you can test that. Obviously, one of it is just doing the demographics of those networks and matching it to your readers and see if there's a match. But also there are other ways, you know, we they I use uh, the shortened links where you can, like a Bitly link or an mm. Owly link, where you can actually track where people where you get responses from people so for example with my book what we did was you know obviously I'm on all these different social networks but the ones that really are effective for me my company and my business has always been LinkedIn Twitter and Facebook that's Mm. been the way that I get clients that's the way I have a lot of communication and stuff so you know I'm on Pinterest and I'm on Instagram but it's just for fun just I don't expect that I'm going to You know, something's going to come out of it, but it's fun for me to experiment on them and learn and, you know, see what's happening on Periscope or something like that. But for where I actually make connections, those are the places. And the way I found out is that, you know, I used a bit.ly link to ask people to help me pick a book title, or I think I did it for a book jacket. Here's which one do you prefer? And I just looked at where the responses were coming from, like where people were actually clicking on that link. Most people, I realized that one of the most popular and most effective way for me to market my books was obviously through my own mailing list, which everybody will tell you, and it's absolutely true. And so, you know, we talk a lot about social media, but the power of marketing is really in your mailing list. So I always tell authors to really pay attention to that list and make sure that they're growing it and make sure that they're taking care of the people who are on that list And then, you know, I looked at, uh, and it was Facebook and then Twitter, in that order. Mm. Uh, I think Twitter first, maybe, and I don't remember exactly. But, you know, those were the three. And then that's what I did. I focused on those three places, and those were the most effective. And then, I yes, I was on, I posted some pictures on Instagram, and, you know, I posted some things on Pinterest, and I did other things in different places, but... I concentrated most of my efforts on where I was getting that response. So that's how you can be more effective and efficient is that if you only have an hour of marketing time a day, you have to think about that same thing with blogging, you know, I blog on a lot of different websites. And I always look at which one is actually bringing me traffic. Mm. And then I what I tell my clients is to double down on what's working and ditch what's not working. So I, you know, I did a lot of Uh, blogging and then I looked at which one actually drove the conversation and I focused on doing more for them that's sort of that's efficient and effective you know it's much more than just trying to be everywhere trying to be everyone one time a client called me and she said you know just exhausted I've been blogging I've been doing this I've been doing that I just don't know what's working and She didn't say what's working. She just said, I'm exhausted. And I Mm. said, okay, so which one of these things is actually working for you? And there was just complete silence on the other end. Mm. And then she said, I can know that. And I said, yes, you can know that. (laughs) (laughs) So I think another thing that uh, authors really kind of shy away from is just looking at the data. You know, mm-hmm. it feels so overwhelming. It feels kind of like a techie thing. And authors tend not to be very techie. So it feels like a very geek thing to do. But it's really very helpful and very informative to be able to look at your Google Analytics. And just quickly, I, look, I tell them what to look at, you know, because all these programs can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a cheat sheet, you know, like here's the five things you should be focusing on. And don't worry about everything else. And look at the analytics in your, you know, on your Facebook page and your Twitter feed and just kind of keep an eye on what's going on. There are so many wonderful tools. So I talk about the tools I like that are available for free. And if people sign up for my mailing list, I send them a list of the tools that I use. And so I think, you know, just being able to use the tools makes, makes your marketing a lot more efficient and effective. So um, those are sort of some of the ways that uh, you can do with that.
0: If people are interested in signing up for that mailing list, where should they go? It's
1: on my website. It's com. F-A-U-Z-I-A-B-U-R-K-E. It's an unusual Persian-Irish name, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm unique. It'd be hard to find another one like me, so...
0: I agree wholeheartedly. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I have. Do you have time just for one or two more questions? Of course, absolutely. Wonderful. Oh, good, good, good. (laughs) Um. So I'm so curious. So I work a little bit in in digital marketing as well, and I'm I'm so curious to know what's next. I think it's
1: video and broadcasting, Mm -hmm. and not. You know, I'm not comfortable in that space, so that's something I'm going to have to get over, and so will a lot of people who are not comfortable in that space. But I think that, you know, we can only read so much so fast, and I think we are at a point where it's a saturation point. You know, we can't read and absorb any more information. (laughs) There is definitely information overload and even, you know, remember a few years ago when infographics were so huge and everybody was seeing them and they were like coming out like one after the other and we were trying to soak up all of this information faster and faster and faster. And really what we realize now, I think, is that when babies are born, the biggest way that they learn is through your face and your expressions and you're talking to them, right? There's no baby genius, baby video that is as effective as you talking to your baby Mm -hmm. There's been lots of research about that. And I think that's how our brains work. You know, we, we work well when we see faces and we look at people and we hear them and we talk to them. And I feel like that's really where we're heading because we can't read any faster. I think we're all sort of drowning in blogs and emails and web posts and social media posts. Everything is just coming at us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's probably the next sort of trend that's going to happen is that, you know, obviously the online courses are becoming more and more popular. Facebook is investing a lot of money to compete with YouTube. We are going to start seeing that much more, I think. So, you know, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but I (laughs) think that that's the trend. Because, you know, we talk about being authentic and being yourself and all that kind of stuff, but we're all getting so inundated by information that, Uh, My feeling is that when anybody can post for you, right, there's a lot of people who can post for other authors and all that kind of stuff. After a while, that dilutes the the conversation because, you know, you don't know if you're talking to the person or not talking to the person. So the video is about as authentic an experience as you can have. And I feel like that's probably going to be the next trend.
0: I think you are absolutely 100% correct. I I do. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a time that you can spend with video where it does absorb all of your senses, and it engages you fully that's, you know, and and you can't really skim like you can when you're reading something. So I can definitely see that.
1: Yes. And I think that human interaction, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. is just, I think that's how we function at our best as human beings is when we can see a face And we can look at someone's face and their eyes and they can look at ours and we make that connection. And I think there's nothing like it. You know, there's people in India and and China and and other third world countries that I've gotten rates from for writing blogs for $4, you know? I just Mm. think, wow. So I think that, you know, if anybody can write these blogs and anybody can update your social media profiles and all that kind of stuff, where is the exclusivity? You know, Mm -hmm. where is that real connection? And I think it's going to be what we're all going to crave. And I think the next thing is going to be more exclusivity And not being able to scale. We've all been focused so much on things scaling, you know, doing as much as possible, as much as possible. I think it's coming, it's going to come back to how much can we absorb, you know, how much can, how many connections can we really have.
0: Yes. I mean, I've even found myself getting burned out. I keep this, I use Pocket, which is a Chrome extension, and I bookmark everything, every single thing that I want to read. And by the end of the day, it's, it's not digestible. I just, I cannot possibly read these 76 articles that I've bookmarked for that day. And it's too much. So I, yep. I love that. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, that you do 76 on one day, and then, then you don't get to them and you go, okay, but tomorrow is my reading hour. And I'm going to get to that. And then the whole day goes by and you've collected 76 more articles that you want to read. Yes. I think it's just, it's impossible. You know, we're sort of on a crazy treadmill and there's lots of stories of, you know, information overload. But I think we've had enough stories about it and we've had enough data about how it's impacting us. Now it's it's going to start changing. Like people are going to start saying, I can't function this way. You know, I can't, I can't do all this. So Uh, I think that's why the online courses are going to be really good, too, you know, because people can actually, you know, set time aside, learn something from a human being and uh, not have feel like you're always reading.
0: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I have one more question for you. Yes.
1: Yeah, this is so fun. Oh, good, good. <laughs> you are just Talking absolutely. Marketing? Are you yeah. kidding? I could do this all the time. I'm a complete nerd when it comes to marketing. I love this
0: stuff. <laughs> oh, I feel like with your with your demeanor and stuff, you should you should be doing a, a video course. That would be a yeah, good way just to get-, get over my. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm on video. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, I've heard that, so
1: I'm I'm working on that. I'm trying to get the uh capital I can be on video thing. So <laughs> video with a capital V. That's right. I love being in front of people. I you know, I speak all over at different conferences and large crowds. That doesn't intimidate me at all. But just, you know, like everyone else, I see myself on video and I'm like, ooh, my what's up with my hair? Oh why does my I, why am I saying that? What's going on? So, <laughs> I think the live thing is I can't hear myself. So, you know, I'm fine with that. But then you look at yourself and it's like, whoa. So I have to get over that. I know. I'm working on it. (laughs) No, that's,
0: yeah, that's very, I I love that you're, despite the fears, you're still willing to give it a try. I love that.
1: (laughs) Well, I hear sometimes when you hear the actresses getting, or actors getting interviewed on TV for their movies and people will say, oh, did you, do you watch it? They're they're like, no, oh, no, no, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not doing that that would drive me crazy I can't like I, I would criticize myself so I feel like I'm in good company if they feel yeah. that way
0: <laughs> then you know yeah it's good enough for them so right.
1: if they're nervous I can be it. so I'm working on it
0: <laughs> my next
1: project mm-hmm. next self-improvement project right
0: yeah well and you know what that ties in with the last question that I wanted to ask you and that is what is next for you
1: Wow. When I What do I want to do when I grow up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. So I, I've been thinking about, you know, do I want to write another book? And I think I do. But I don't know if it's the next marketing book, you know, the next level. So you read this one, and then you, you kind of get the next because this is a very introductory book, but then do sort of the next step thing. So that's one thing that I was thinking about. And then there's another idea that's brewing in my head about living life fully and taking risks and Mm -hmm. taking chances because I have lived my entire life taking insane risks that (laughs) most that drive my family and my friends bat crazy because (laughs) (laughs) they're like, what is she up to now? you know, quitting jobs and, you know, starting moving cross country and, and doing crazy things. So, but I just wanted to kind of talk people uh, and give advice on what that's like, you know, what's the benefits of living that way? How do you trust your intuition? When do you know it's the right time? Uh, when not to sit in the sidelines and just have, you know, your ideas be dreams and not really be able to execute them. So that, that sort of is very personal to me. It's a very personal book, and I would love to write that maybe. So that's sort of on in my horizon. And then I do really want to work on some kind of a writing, whether it's an in-person course, which I would love because I actually like human beings and see <laughs> real eyeballs. <laughs> so I'm sort of developing a, you know, one-day workshop that I can attach to um, writers' conferences that I go to or do something like that. So that sounds like a lot of fun. But, of course, you know, it would be crazy for me not to be thinking about an online course. So I'm working on that as well. But, I, you know, I'm pretty happy and pretty busy, as you pointed out. <laughs> I have pretty remarkable authors. I'm so blessed and so incredibly lucky to be working the way I do. And every single day I speak to extraordinary people who are writing books. I mean, what could be better? I can't imagine spending my life any other way. So I'm pretty happy where I am. But, uh, you know, you always want to push yourself more and learn things and learn things about yourself. So I'll keep learning and growing, but I'm pretty happy with my work.
0: What a wonderful tension to have, you know, to to be sort of in between loving what you do and, and seeking to continue to love what you do and continue to grow. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap things up by asking, where can people go to get your book? Anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it should be everywhere. Uh, of course, it's available in any bookstore. It has full distribution. So it should be in libraries and any independent bookseller that uh, is your favorite. And there are links all over my website. The worksheet that I mentioned in the book, I've actually posted them for free on my website. You don't have to sign up for anything to get them. So if you go to my website, faziaburk.com, uh, right on the home page, there is a link for the worksheets. So you can download the worksheets and start doing the work. And uh, you can buy the book, obviously, anywhere, online, offline, anywhere.
0: Fazia, it has been You know, I I had kind of a, a rotten day today, and talking to you, you, I'm smiling, and I'm just, I'm feeling so inspired and rejuvenated. So. I don't know. I I feel like I've said this like 10 times, but you're just been wonderful. Thank you. uh, I think
1: it's you. (laughs) You bring out the wonderful in everyone. Every interview I've heard of has been amazing and people seem so inspiring. And either you pick the right people or you bring out the best in everyone. I think it's the latter. Um, From experience, I can say that. So thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for the work you're doing. Uh, it's amazing, and you know, I'd love to talk to you. Maybe I can interview you on your show. Is that possible? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we should set that up. That would be super fun. I would love that. <laughs> I'm sure most people uh, would love to know a little bit more about you. So I would love to have that opportunity.
0: Yes, please.
1: Let's do that. I will interview you on your show. How fun <laughs> would that be? <laughs>
0: you can be the guest host. I love this.
1: I like it. I'll be the guest host. I'll invite you. And I've never done I've never interviewed anyone. So I would if you give me that chance, I would love it.
0: Okay, we will we have to arrange this. Uh, in the meantime, it has just been a, just a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for using your smart brain to help people. You are awesome.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You're pretty awesome yourself. Thanks so much for this opportunity and for, you know, allowing me to talk to your listeners. And uh, I hope that I was helpful.
0: You absolutely were.